Section 25 of the Final Report from the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Maria Casper. Final Report from the National Commission on the BP Deepwater Horizon Oil Spill and Offshore Drilling. Chapter 8, Part 3 An INPO for Oil In the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon spill, could the oil and gas industry similarly improve its safety culture by creating a self-policing entity like INPO as a supplement to government oversight? There are clear parallels that would strongly support such an effort, but also some equally clear differences between the oil and gas industry and the nuclear power industry that at least caution against wholesale adoption of the INPO model. Similarities Need, Incentive, and Means The reason the INPO model holds promise is because the oil and gas industry, like the nuclear power industry after Three Mile Island, has both substantial economic resources and the necessary economic incentive to make it happen. INPO was formed because doing so was in the industry's self-interest. As the Deepwater Horizon disaster made unambiguously clear, the entire industry's reputation, and perhaps its viability, ultimately turn on its lowest performing members footnote this was also the case in the inpo context in part industry mobilized to unify in reaction to a mutual internal threat unsafe nuclear utilities joseph reese hostages of each other chicago the university of chicago press 1994 page 44 end footnote if any one company is involved in an accident with widespread and potentially enormous costs, like those that followed the Macondo blowout, everyone in the industry, companies and employees, suffers, as do regional economies and the nation as a whole. No one in industry or in government can afford a repeat of the Macondo explosion and spill. Also, as the enormous sums that BP was willing and able to expend to contain and respond to the Gulf spill make clear, see Chapter 5, the oil and gas industry possesses the financial means to fund a very healthy and effective self-policing organization akin to INPO. A second fundamental parallel is that no one in the oil and gas industry has the unilateral right to engage in offshore drilling on the outer continental shelf, any more than a utility has the right to construct and operate a nuclear power plant absent federal governmental approval. Indeed, the extent of governmental authority is even greater in the offshore context. The oil and gas industry does not own the valuable energy resources located on the outer continental shelf, which belong to the American people and are managed by the federal government on their behalf. As described in Chapter 3, the government accordingly possesses sweeping authority to dictate the terms of private access to those resources in its lease agreements with private parties. 
and in particular government could decide to condition such access either directly or indirectly on participation with an industry safety institute a third clear parallel is the possibility in both contexts offshore drilling and nuclear power for industry self-policing to supplement government regulation as described in chapter three government regulators need to improve their in-house technical expertise dramatically but they are unlikely ever to possess technical expertise truly commensurate with that of the private industry the salary differential combined with the sheer depth of industry expertise on a wide variety of topics critical to understanding and managing offshore drilling operations would make that goal illusory such expertise is however a prerequisite for the thorough rigorous inspections required to ensure safe operation of dozens of deep-water exploration rigs and production platforms the former operating in multiple locations and different geologies each year a number that rises sharply if installations in shallower gulf waters are included by supplementing governmental oversight with the kind of self-policing accomplished by inpo for nuclear power that gap in expertise can be sharply narrowed government can never abdicate its ultimate responsibility to ensure drilling safety but it can effectively take advantage of industry expertise to meet that objective differences that warrant modifying the inpo model but there are also clear differences between the two industries that would require a differently defined self-policing entity for offshore oil and gas for instance the u s nuclear power industry is based at a limited number of fixed sites using a small number of known technological designs and operated by an industry subject to comprehensive public regulation from permission to construct facilities through detailed oversight of design operations and maintenance the oil and gas industry is structured much differently as described by exxon mobil's tillerson his industry is moving to different locations different environments evolving all kinds of technologies being introduced for this reason he explained while the oil and gas industry can look at the principles around inpo in terms of how do you share best practices how do you assess where the companies are operating at certain levels of competency he appeared to suggest there would be limits in the application of every aspect of the inpo model to offshore drilling for oil and gas the oil and gas industry is more fragmented and diversified in nature from integrated global oil companies to independent exploration and drilling enterprises and therefore less cohesive than the nuclear power operators who joined to establish inpo footnote prior to the three mile island accident however the nuclear power industry was reportedly far less cohesive than it became after that accident see reese hostages of each other page forty two when officials describe the pre three mile island nuclear industry a collective portrait emerges in which each nuclear utility behaved like an island unto itself or independent barony in short the industry was fragmented emphasis in original 
End footnote. As a result, it could be more challenging to create an INPO-like organization, and oil and gas executives would need assurances that any industry-wide efforts to promote better safety did not subsequently serve as the basis for claims that industry had violated antitrust laws. Finally, concerns about potential disclosure to business competitors of proprietary information might make it harder to establish an INPO-like entity in the oil and gas industry. Technology and design apparently are more uniform in nuclear power than in offshore drilling. For this reason, Michael Bromwich, director of the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management Regulation and Enforcement, the successor to MMS, cautioned that an INPO-like approach might run into problems if companies perceived the potential for inspections of offshore facilities to reveal technical and proprietary and confidential information that companies may be reluctant to share with one another. Essential Features of a Self-Policing Safety Organization for the Oil and Gas Industry Like the nuclear power industry in 1979, in the immediate aftermath of the Three Mile Island accident, the nation's oil and gas industry needs now to embrace the potential for an industry safety institute to supplement government oversight of industry operations. Akin to INPO, such a new safety institute can provide the nation with the assurances of safety necessary to allow the oil and gas industry access to the nation's energy resources on the outer continental shelf. To be sure, the significant differences between the two types of industries warrant significant differences in the precise structure and operation of their respective industry safety institutes. But, as elaborated below, the basic successful principles upon which the INPO model is premised can serve as the touchstones for the oil and gas industry in establishing its own. Credibility To be credible, any industry-created safety institute would need to have complete command of technical expertise available through industry sources, and complete freedom from any suggestion that its operations are compromised by multiple other interests and agendas. As a consensus-based organization, the American Petroleum Institute, API, is culturally ill-suited to drive a safety revolution in the industry. For this reason, it is essential that the safety enterprise operate apart from the API. As described above and in Chapter 3, API's long-standing role as an industry lobbyist and policy advocate, with an established record of opposing reform and modernization of safety regulations, renders it inappropriate to serve a self-policing function. In the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon tragedy, the Commission strongly believes that the oil and gas industry cannot persuade the American public that it is changing business-as-usual practices, if it attempts to fend off more effective public oversight by chartering a self-policing function under the control of an advocacy organization. An industry-wide commitment to rigorous auditing and continuous improvement. The INPO experience makes clear that any successful oil and gas industry safety institute 
would require in the first instance strong board-level support from ceos and boards of directors of member companies for a rigorous inspection and auditing function such audits would need to be aimed at assessing companies safety cultures from design training and operations through incident investigation and management of improvements and encouraging learning about and implementation of enhanced practices as at INPO, the inspection and auditing function would need to be conducted by Safety Institute staff, complemented by experts seconded from industry companies, able to analyze the full range of technologies and practices, and designed to promote cross-company learning and shared responsibility, while protecting proprietary information there would also need to be a commitment to share findings about safety records and best practices within the industry aggregate data and analyze performance trends shortcomings and needs for further research and development accountability could be enhanced by a requirement that companies report their audit scores to their boards of directors and insurance companies the main goal is to drive continuous improvement in every company's standards and performance measured against global benchmarks the means to that end include the safety auditors reviews insurer evaluations of risk and management recognition of and incentives for effective behavior senior leadership would be accountable to the company's board of directors who in turn would be accountable to the investors in a broader sense the industry's safety institute could facilitate a smooth transition to a regulatory regime based on systems safety engineering and improved coordination among operators and contractors, the principles of the UK's safety case, that shifts responsibility for maintaining safe operations at all times to the operators themselves. It should drive continuous improvement in standards and practices by incorporating the highest standards achieved globally including but not exclusively those set by the api an initial set of standards and scope of operation the industry needs to benchmark safety and environmental practice rules against recognized global best practices the safety and environmental management program recommended practice 75 api rp 75 developed in 1993 by the api and incorporated by reference in the department of the interior's new workplace safety rules adopted in october 2010 is a reasonable starting point updates to those safety rules are needed immediately but a new industry safety institution could make a credible start by requiring members to adopt all safety standards promptly and mandating that the companies in turn require that their contractors and service providers comply with the new safety rules because the number of offshore drilling operations subject to potential inspection is much greater than the number of nuclear sites inpo must review although the number of exploratory rigs on the outer continental shelf is comparable to the number of nuclear plant sites any new oil and gas industry safety institution will likely need as a practical matter to phase in its inspections over time 
accordingly the safety institute will need to identify those operations that present the greatest risks because of the type of drilling for example deep water or ultra deep water the challenges of drilling in a particular kind of or less well-known geologic formation or the location of the operation in a remote frontier area where containment and response resources may be fewer footnote given the speed with which companies are moving into ever deeper less well understood geologic formations the institute will have to move quickly End footnote. over time the safety institute might move to cover more offshore operations to reduce the risk of accidents that can lead to loss of life or property or environmental damage industry responsibilities for containment and response industry responsibilities do not end with efforts to prevent blowouts like that at the macondo well they extend to efforts to contain any such incidents as quickly as possible and to mitigate the harm caused by spills through effective response efforts as described in chapter five once a spill occurs the government must be capable of taking charge of those efforts but government depends upon the resources and expertise of private industry to contain a blown-out well and to respond to a massive subsea oil spill chapter five also explains how woefully unprepared both government and industry were to contain or respond to a deep-water well blowout like that at macondo all parties lacked adequate contingency planning and neither government nor industry had invested sufficiently in research development and demonstration to improve containment or response technology notwithstanding its promises in the aftermath of exxon valdez that industry would commit significant funds to support more research and development in response technology through the marine spill response corporation for example those commitments were soon forgotten as memories dimmed from now on the oil and gas industry needs to combine its commitment to transform its safety culture with adequate resources for containment and response large-scale rescue response and containment capabilities need to be developed and demonstrated including equipment procedures and logistics and enabled by extensive training including full-scale field exercises and international cooperation to that end at least two industry spill containment initiatives have emerged that build on ideas and equipment that were deployed in response to the macondo blowout and spill the non-profit marine well containment company created in july twenty ten by four of the five major integrated oil and gas companies with bp subsequently announcing its intention to join is a significant step toward improving well containment capability in the gulf of mexico the four founding companies have committed one billion dollars for startup costs to develop the marine well containment company's rapid response system which includes modular containment equipment that can be used to collect oil flowing from a blown-out deep-water well the system is designed to mobilize within twenty-four hours and be operational within weeks 
ready to contain spills ten thousand feet below the surface at volumes up to a hundred thousand barrels per day although many of the details surrounding the company's governance and membership structure have not yet been finalized membership is open to all oil and gas operators in the gulf of mexico non-members will be able to gain access through service contracts the second spill containment initiative is being coordinated by helix energy solutions group which played a major role in the macondo well containment efforts helix is seeking industry participation to make permanent modifications to the equipment it used in responding to the macondo blowout and spill it offers more modest containment capacity than the marine well containment company less than the one hundred thousand barrels per day without additional investment but at a lower cost although helix maintains that it is not in competition with the marine well containment company its system appears to be attracting the interest of many of the independent oil and gas producers in the gulf who have expressed concerns about the cost of and access to the marine well containment company the marine well containment company and helix spill containment proposals are promising but they have at least two fundamental limitations first the systems are not designed to contain all possible catastrophic failures only the next deepwater horizon type spill for instance while both systems are designed to contain quickly the kind of blowout that happened at macondo they would not be able to contain a spill of the type that occurred in the gulf of mexico in nineteen seventy nine during the ixtoc oil spill where the rig collapsed on top of the well in addition neither the marine well containment company's planned capabilities nor helixes go past ten thousand feet despite the fact that current drilling technology extends beyond this depth second and perhaps most important it seems that neither the marine well containment company nor the helix system is structured to ensure the long-term ability to innovate and adapt over time to the next frontiers and technologies what resources if any either initiative will dedicate to research and development going forward are unclear the marine well containment company in particular could become another marine spill response corporation as described in chapter five an industry non-profit initiative created in response to a major oil spill that becomes underfunded and fails to innovate over time if it does not implement specific policies and procedures to monitor and guarantee its long-term readiness as well as funding and investment levels the primary long-term goal of a spill containment company or consortia should be to ensure that an appropriate containment system is readily available to contain quickly spills in the gulf of mexico with the best available technology any spill containment company or consortia should ensure that it remains focused on this goal even when doing so potentially conflicts with the short-term interests of its founding companies in the case of marine well containment company or the parent company in the case of helix an independent advisory board with representatives from industry the federal government state and local governments and environmental groups 
could help keep any spill containment initiative focused on innovative adaptive effective spill response over the long term as next generation equipment is developed industry must ensure that its containment technology is compatible with its wells for instance it may be useful to consider design modifications to blow out preventer stacks that would allow for more expeditious hookups of injection and evacuation networks and hoses reducing the capital costs and increasing the flexibility of the spill containment companies or consortia capping and containment options should also be developed in advance to contain blowouts from platform wells managing liability the market has a financial mechanism for encouraging risk managing behaviors the cost of insurance in the wake of deepwater horizon oil spill early reports indicated that insurance premiums rose by as much as fifteen to twenty five percent in shallow waters and up to fifty percent for deepwater rigs an energy underwriter predicted that premiums for deepwater operations would rise twenty-five to thirty percent and by a hundred percent for deepwater drilling companies insure for many perils and a major reinsurer has represented to the commission that there is ample additional coverage for most risks the significant exception is third-party liability about which there remains considerable uncertainty the liability cap under the oil pollution act of nineteen ninety the act responsible parties including the lessees of offshore facilities are strictly liable for removal costs and certain damages resulting from a spill compensable damages are defined in the act removal costs themselves are unlimited but there is a cap on liability for damages for offshore facilities seventy five million dollars the cap does not apply in cases of gross negligence violation of an applicable regulation or acts of war and does not limit the amount of civil or criminal fines that might be imposed for violations of federal law such as the clean water act nor does it limit damages under state law as it became apparent that the damages from the Deepwater Horizon oil spill were likely to be orders of magnitude greater than the existing cap, Congress began to consider raising that cap significantly to as much as $10 billion, or even eliminating it altogether. The arguments in favor of such a change are straightforward. The amount of potential damage caused by a major spill clearly exceeds the existing caps and one cannot fairly assume that the responsible party causing a future spill will like bp have sufficient resources to fully compensate for that damage nor should the spill's victims or federal taxpayers have to pay the bill for industry's shortcomings increasing liability limits would also serve as a powerful incentive for companies to pay closer attention to safety including investing more in technology that promotes safer operations notwithstanding these arguments in favor of at least raising the liability cap legislative efforts quickly stalled when members of congress learned more about the potential impact on the structure of the oil and gas industry 
a substantial portion of the offshore industry in the gulf is made up of smaller independent operators who fear that they would be unable to afford the dramatically higher insurance premiums that would result from a significant raising or elimination of the cap the concern is that lifting the liability cap immediately could have a harmful anti-competitive impact on the independents and their thousands of employees and other commercial interests both large and small firms argue that the result would be detrimental among other reasons because the independent producers develop many smaller and end-of-life oil fields that the larger firms find uneconomic apart from the handful of major companies like bp none in the oil and gas industry have the ability to self-insure against a major accident but under current law no company operating in the gulf has had to demonstrate financial capacity to cover liabilities amounting to anything close to the cost of the bp spill extending into the tens of billions of dollars analysts have suggested that the insurance industry could adjust over time to the demand for capacity in fact munich ray announced on september twelfth twenty ten that it has developed a new concept for insuring offshore oil drilling which has the potential to create coverage on the order of ten to twenty billion dollars per drilling operation other proposals include mutual insurance funds that would pool risks the effectiveness of such mechanisms is currently unknown congress and industry are seeking a series of more nuanced measures that while raising the cap also seek to anticipate and mitigate the potentially adverse impact on the smaller independent operators in the gulf without distorting incentives to avoid accidents to begin with or to be adequately prepared to respond to and contain spills that do occur none of these proposals had been enacted by the end of twenty ten the challenge of change changing institutional culture and behavior is rarely easy business interests naturally prefer stable laws and market conditions that allow planning and investments which can run into the billions of dollars for extensive deep-water operations in the gulf based on a clear understanding of what the future holds but in the aftermath of the deepwater horizon spill the operating environment and legal regime have been in constant flux beginning with a drilling moratorium the industry has been struggling since the spring to recover from the nation's loss of trust in the safety of its operations especially in the deepwater gulf the oil and gas industry needs now to regain that trust but doing so will require it to take bold action to make clear that business will no longer be conducted as usual in the gulf industry must seize the opportunity to demonstrate that it is fully committed to subjecting its own internal operations to fundamental change and not merely because it is being forced to do so underscoring the sincerity and depth of their commitment to embracing a new safety culture company leaders will need to lead the effort to guarantee that risk management improves throughout the industry to ensure that the mistakes made at the macondo well are not repeated and those leaders must also demonstrate an equal commitment to ensuring adequate containment and response technology and resources in case another spill happens 
only then will the oil and gas industry truly demonstrate that it is ready willing and able to engage in the kind of responsible offshore drilling practices upon which the nation's basic energy supplies depend end of section twenty five